Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. What happens when you pick up ice? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com. You're listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast. Podcast. This episode brought to you by our number one rated online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com. 400, almost 500 IFR videos, including weekly workshop webinars and mock check rides done by myself each and every Monday night. A chance to chat, a chance to interact with myself and become part of that loyal membership that is the Ground School Academy. Visit groundschoolacademy.com to check it out and learn more. We're going to talk about ice today. I've got an icing story. I think if you do any amount of flying in general aviation, you'll eventually have your icing story. My icing story happened when I was uh, up in Massachusetts. We were actually in Ohio at the time, flying back to Massachusetts. I was in college. I was on the collegiate flight team. I know, sounds nerdy. There was an E6B competition and everything. That's how nerdy we were sometimes. We were flying back from that competition in a Cessna 152 from the flight school. And we're flying back in IFR conditions, and the freezing level was well, well above us. But you'll notice most icing stories start that way, with the, with the freezing level way above where it should be. But we know how weather forecasting is sometimes. It's not always all that accurate now, is it? Well, sure enough, we're flying along and there's no autopilot. I'm the flying pilot and I'm just glued on my instruments. There is no time to look outside. I am just glued to my instruments, which can be a problem too because you're so, you don't want to move your head a lot, but in those kind of conditions, you need to learn to look for ice. Makes it very difficult when you're the flying pilot and you've got to look outside. Thankfully, I had another pilot with me and his exact words, I kid you not, I couldn't make this story up. His exact words were, Jason, we're making snow cones out there. And I said, what? Excuse me? And again, picture this. I am so focused on flying this airplane. We're in IFR conditions. It wasn't bumpy or anything, but you know how IFR flying can be. It's just mentally demanding. So I'm so focused on my scan. He tells me we're making snow cones out there. I said, what are you talking about? All of a sudden, this rush of cold wind comes in. We're, we're bundled up and everything else anyways. Hardly, the cabin heat hardly worked in this airplane. This rush of cold air comes in because he's opened up the window. He has gloves on. He reaches out and scrapes the side of the airplane right through the strut. And, everything. and again, it's a Cessna 150. You can reach out the window and touch the, the strut just about. He comes out with his hand, scrapes it along the side of the airplane, brings his hand inside with this rime ice, which we'll talk about here in a second, and goes, look, we're making snow cones out there. As he brings the ice inside the cockpit and shuts the window. I think, you've got to be kidding me right now. So sure enough, we hop on with ATC, we tell him about our little dilemma here, and I, I do glance out and I look at the wheel and I look at the wheel strut, and I look at the, the, the leading edge of the wing, because you can see it fairly decently in a high wing plane. I look at the wing strut, and 
We were doing more than making snow cones out there. We were going to feed uh, a neighborhood of children with the kind of snow cones we were making uh, out on that, uh, that wing strut. So we quickly request a lower altitude, which we were granted, and that it didn't melt the ice, but it certainly stopped the ice accumulation. We, we, were, we weren't picking it up. Now, ice can come on very quickly. We were picking this up slowly over time, and it was my poor error for not catching it. But again, all I wanted to do was stay so focused and fly that airplane. So we picked this up slowly over time. We descended. It didn't get better but it certainly had stabilized. It wasn't getting much worse. But once I realized we had ice on the wing, I started to really kind of feel the controls and the controls were kind of getting mushy. When it came time to descend that airplane, it descended very, very well, which is usually not a good sign. We weren't generating as much lift as we should have been with all that ice sitting out there on those leading edges. So ATC began to divert us, and, and we started heading towards another airport. They dropped us down another 1,000 feet, and I noticed that ice finally start to melt a little bit. By the time we actually landed, it was a non-event. We pulled up to the FBO, and the, the ramp guy who checked us in would have had no clue we were picking up icing because it all melted off. It looked like we just had a wet airplane and gave it a bath at that point. Now, that's not always the case. World-famous Uncle Larry, for those of you who listen also to Coffee Break Flight Instruction or participate in our Ground School Academy webinars each Monday night, certainly know Larry very well. Or if you've seen the Flying Again movie, um, you know Larry very well. Um, Larry landed, and the ice stayed on the leading edge, which happens. Clear ice, especially in that case. And he was sending me pictures of peeling the ice off the leading edge. We've done webinars showing those pictures, and it's just crazy to see that. If you don't have an icing story yet, you will. Whether you're in Florida or not, you know, it doesn't matter. Even in Florida, you'll have an icing story. I've had a carb ice issue in Florida. On the ground, oddly enough. Thank goodness. But these sort of things happen. There are three types of ice that I want to go over. Then we're going to dive into an NTSB report I sort of want to analyze. The three types of ice. This will be on your check ride. The first is clear. Clear ice is caused by those super cooled water droplets. It's also sometimes called run back ice because the water droplet hits the leading edge and then as it thins out and runs back over the, the leading edge, it begins to freeze. It's, it's a super cooled water droplet. It's too large to freeze. So when it hits and gets thinner, it freezes on its way back. This adds a lot of weight to your aircraft in a very short time frame. You're just building up a layer on top of your leading edge. Rime ice is the type of ice I experienced. Usually flying through some misty type conditions, this will come on and it kind of crystallizes and builds up on your airplane that way. Rather than being clear and slick, it looks bumpy. Now this causes the greatest uh, disruptance of, of that old Bernoulli principle we hear so much about in general aerodynamics, where clear ice adds a lot of weight, but you still have your aerodynamic principles. Rime ice really disturbs that airflow over and underneath the wing and directs that air all different directions and really disturbs that lift. Now, the last kind, which I believe is the most dangerous, is mixed ice. A little bit of both. You get the rime ice on the leading edge, which spoils your lift. 
yet you still have those super cooled water droplets that produce clear ice, which give you the weight. When you increase your weight with ice and you disrupt that airflow with ice, mixed ice, you're really asking for trouble and you're only going to be flying for, for who knows how long, but it's, it's going to be a lot shorter than you think. This is why we have the placard flight into known icing conditions prohibited. And I want to take a moment and read to you a quick NTSB report. The flight instructor and non-instrument rated private pilot departed Potatello, Idaho on an instrument training flight for the private pilot. So here is a private pilot working on his instrument. It's a chance, it sounds like, you'll hear to take that applicant, that uh, that applicant for the instrument rating, in some actual IMC conditions. Great, I'm all about getting actual IMC conditions, but working on your instrument. But let's continue the story. The flight instructor had filed an IFR flight plan to Rexburg, Idaho, and acknowledged an awareness of an airmet advising for occasional moderate rime to mixed icing conditions in the clouds below 16,000 feet. Remember that placard, flight into known icing conditions prohibited. What defines known icing conditions? Well, this gentleman just called to file his flight plan, was told of an AirMet Zulu for icing rhyme and mixed, moderate rhyme and mixed, in the clouds below 16,000 feet, 16,000 feet and below. It sounds like there are known icing conditions out there, but he continued anyways. En route to Rexburg, the aircraft entered a holding pattern at Idaho Falls, Idaho, during which it picked up what the private pilot described as light ice, and the instructor characterized as, ah, it's trace ice during the hold. Both pilots reported removing the ice from the aircraft following the landing at Rexburg. Guys, they picked up ice. They landed at their destination. They got out. They scraped the ice off and continued. It's not only flight into known icing conditions from the air met they heard about on the phone. They experienced it. They landed. They got out. They got out their ID and their credit card. We've all done that before in the winter months up north sometimes and scraped that frost, scraped that ice off. The student pilot obtained a updated weather brief where icing again was discussed and he filed an IFR flight plan from Rexburg back to Poticello, I think I'm saying that right, uh, Idaho. The student and instructor then departed Rexburg. During the climb, the aircraft began picking up ice and the instructor initially attempted to divert to Idaho Falls. But upon breaking out of the the clouds and noting Rigby, Idaho, the airport passing abeamed them, changed his intended landing site to Rigby. Now, why do you think he did that? Maybe the ice was building up and getting so severe. During the student's course reversal back toward Rigby, the aircraft began descending rapidly, eventually stalling prior to ground impact in a snow-covered field. The Cessna 172 November model was not equipped with any anti-icing or de-icing equipment with the exception of carburetor heat. The pilot's operating handbook, POH, for the aircraft cautioned, 
flight into known icing conditions is prohibited, both as a placard in the aircraft and as a flight limitation inside the POH. They went to make that turn back, but the ice was so severe that they stalled the airplane. When you combined rime and clear ice, and you get mixed ice, moderate mixed ice, like they were picking up, you get the weight and you get the spoil and lift. They went to make an abrupt turn. They broke out of the clouds. They said, Jesus, ice is getting serious. They saw an airport. They said, take me to that airport. They make a very abrupt turn. They had airflow. They were in a descent. They had more airflow than they would in a climb or in cruise flight. They had that positive airflow descending. They make a turn and stall the aircraft and enter into just about a spin. They recover, can, can't continue flying, and land in a snow-covered field. Both pilot and flight instructor, although with their tails between their legs and ashamed, survived. Thank goodness. But what a boneheaded mistake. What a terrible example that CFI set there. This is why we have things like crew resource management, where you, the student pilot, whether you're a private instrument, commercial, ATP, it doesn't matter. We're all student pilots. You have the right to speak up. Flight into known icing conditions is prohibited for a reason. These guys broke that not once, not twice, but three times. They had a chance to get out, a chance to stay on the ground at Rexburg and say, listen, let's just wait till it warms up a little bit more in the day. But no, they wanted to press on. Maybe it was get their itis. Maybe it was some macho. Maybe they felt invulnerable. Maybe it was a little bit of anti-authority. Who knows? A terrible example set by that CFI and just boneheaded mistakes made again and again. It's that classic fool me once uh, that we hear so much about uh, and you just can't fool mother nature and try to battle against her sometimes when it comes to general aviation. Flight into known icing conditions, if you don't have the systems to, to handle it, is prohibited and needs to be respected. The moment you hear about icing conditions around where you want to fly, you're breaking the rules. Unless it's an emergency, you're breaking the rules. Look at it that way and start making smarter go and no-go decisions. If you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy, uh, if you're one of those 3.1 million who watched one of our YouTube videos last year, you're going to love our number one rated online ground school. Visit groundschoolacademy.com to check it out, learn more, and become a member today. Enjoy the rest of your day, and most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.